Look up there in the sky. It's a bird. A plane. It's Handsome Boys Comics Hour. Those boys are so handsome. One Rocky. One Bullwinkle. One weekly discussion of comics and nerd culture. I'm your host, Robbie Dorman, literature geek and writer. I'm your other host, Eric Z. Goodnight, professional artist and illustration nerd. We are the Handsome Voice Comics. How are you for news reviews, slightly antagonistic banter, much, much more? I had to bring it down I, a little bit. You, you, had were, to, way, you were too over the top. Balance it out? I ha- Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's right there in the middle. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to average things out. I understand. One of us. I don't know if you. I don't know if you got my my clever math joke there. I mean, mean. Yeah, I got it. Mean average. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm married. Math to jokes it. aside, I'm, ma- I'm married. You... I'm married to a mathematician. So you're, you're you're married to the math. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, yep. Eric. How are you? I am quite well. I stared into the sun today. Oh, I didn't do that. Yeah, you're pretty far away from it. We got very partial. That's it. Yeah. Very partial. Very partial, and outside. Mm-hmm. What? It's true. To be fair, I did go for a walk today and bought some energy drinks at the store. That does sound like a thing you would do. On the way back from my walk. Mm-hmm. I listened to a podcast about video games. This is a very on-brand day for you. You don't have off-brand days anymore. Every day is on-brand day, baby. Mm-hmm. Baby. Hey, Eric. Hey, buddy. You want to talk about comic books? Like always? Okay. We can let's do that then, huh? We got uh, yeah. we got Black Hole later on by Charles Burns. We're gonna talk about that later. But first of all, first thing we do every week is talk about comic books that came out this very week. It is time for Week of Floppies. Week of Floppies is the part show Eric and I. Read a selection of this week's books. Tell you to buy or do not buy them. May 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 or may not be a mush meter involved. Our first book of the week is Dark Knight's Metal Number One. Script. Can't even get through the title. I can't. Script by Scott Doom Commander Snyder. Good God. Pencils by Greg Painbringer Capullo. Inks by Jonathan Guillotine Glapion. Colors by FCO Killer Placentia. Letters by Steve the Slayer Wands. I'm like, there's more of them, but I'm not. That's all I'm reading because those are the people is, who work on is, this comic book. Is work. James Hellbrooks in the credits for this? No, he's not. Unfortunately. <laughs> Murdering Matt Groening? No, he's not here either. Nope. Yeah, it's a real, real bummer. Yeah, it's it's uh. So this is this is metal. The thing we this is the first of the main thing we already read the earl the, the 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 zero issue one of the zero issues for this because there were two of them basically. Well, I mean, you know, it's, you can multiply two by zero and you still get zero. I, they, uh, technically, they can do them forever. They could. I don't know what's happening in this comic book. Um, can you well, help help me, I Eric? Think this is like this comic is actually a science experiment that you open it and your IQ drops. This is like a weaponized comic book. I think that's what this is. It's it's a memetic virus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm d- pretty sure that's what happens. Also, Dream is in this. Okay, I really like. I I was like, all right, this is a dumb comic book. This is a dumb comic book. 
the whole time I'm reading it. I mean, probably the like the second half. You know, the first part, like whatever, they're gladiators. I don't really care about this, but whatever, it's fun. I've read worse stuff. And then it starts introducing all this huge destiny bullshit and they show that they show that map of the DC universe and they're talking about all this history and it, it, it and and apparently wagon means Wayne what um yeah and then fucking dream of the endless shows up and I threw this comic across the room that is the dumbest thing that could possibly have ended this this story I, huh. I don't understand. I don't understand. Like, I don't know what this is. I have no idea what's happening in this comic book. I have no idea. I, is there, I like, there, there's a dull, I know the pitch, like, conceptually, is that mm-hmm. Batman and the Justice League deal with the dark multiverse. Yeah. However, reading this comic book, the dark multiverse is like one in two pages, and then there's a bunch of other stuff that I don't understand, and then, for some reason, Dream shows up on the final page, and again, why? Why is that? That why are the this endless is, involved is, in this? I don't. It. I don't here's get the it. Thing that these fucking uh, apparently people can't like. Comic books are turning into like the scary movie series, you know. And I, I don't know if it's like Jeff Loeb or like who the fuck has turned it into this, that they think that I can just put Dr. Manhattan and fucking Dream of the Endless into a regular-ass DC comic, and it's exactly the same. That, like, people just want to see the characters, and it has nothing to do with, like, you know, all the the blood, sweat, and tears that went into making those, like, very well-crafted and meaningful stories. No, cameos are, that's all you need. You just need to reference a thing. Do, do you remember the, the, the Convergence book where they just started name dropping all the fucking, like, old ass, um, DC storyline names? Mm-hmm. And it was the dumbest thing. I swear to God, I just want to fucking puke. Well, what I. What even is this? I, I mean, God. I, Jesus Christ. I don't know. I, I have no idea how much the endless is going to play into the, the totality of this, which they, they do list all the comic books in, that are in this. And my God, it's a lot of comic books over the span what, what, of what part is this? Out? This is page 38 of 38, the last oh, page of the comic. They, they have all the regular Jesus dark, Christ. they have six, there's six core issues of Dark Knight's Metal, which are, it'll be running through February of next year. Oh, yay. Yes. So this will be going for six months. Um, and then there's a bunch of other, like, Batman the Murder Machine, Batman the Dawnbreaker, which I'm, these are all the dark multiverse things. I am, mm-hmm. imagine fighting the, the Batman who laughs. I'm sure that'll be a great one. Um, DC is unish, unabashedly unashamedly just going like well what do we have in our what do we have in our library in our what do we own we own watchmen what can we leverage we have we own watchmen so we'll put watchmen and batman then we're gonna have an entire series watchmen 2 and then what, what else do we own what is another thing that just now people are gonna be hitting nostalgia for oh sandman that thing we own that 
let's leverage that in Batman 2. Let's make Batman X Sandman. Mm-hmm. And the endless yeah. have touched, like even Neil Gaiman, you know, yeah. they touched the I DC mean, universe. It, 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 it's it's not like there's not precedent. It's not like it's it's canon that 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 Morpheus the Morpheus dream met Martian Manhunter. Yes. Like they certainly have existed within the same space and time that is provable fact within canonical like Sandman. Absolutely. But it was a it was a those are they're actually really small moments. Yeah. Very personal, like, small little bits of character. This is a big event. This is the DC event, along with Watchmen 2, for the next year, basically. I thought you were joking. Is it's it a, really fucking called Watchmen no, 2? No, it's called Doomsday Clock. But it might as well just be called... It's, look... It might as well just be called Watchmen. It's Watchmen the, Two. Watch there's literally they were literally released a cover. I think maybe even today of uh, one of the covers is shows it has the logos of the Trinity, a Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman in the style of the Rorschach mask. It, there, oh, it's okay. a Rorschach image that shows their logos. Um, and I mean, it is the it, thing that that remains to be seen. Does missing the point this fucking dramatically? Does it sell comic books? Oh, yes, absolutely. Is this going to really get people motivated to buy this shit? I mean, I think right now, yes. Was Beyond Watchmen like a huge commercial success? I don't know a bit huge, but it was successful, I think. I don't know if it... I, I don't think it... I don't knock the doors off or anything, but I feel like I've seen a lot of hype about this in particular. I've seen a lot of people like, This is crazy! Dreams here! And I just, I don't, it doesn't mean anything. Dream, mm. I don't, I have zero faith in Scott Snyder writing a meaningful dream, first of all. Um, Scott Snyder writes horror comics. Even when he's writing superhero comics, he writes horror comics. And I don't, I don't, they're not for me. I think he writes good horror comics, but I don't, I don't like them mixed in with superheroes. Like, and this is like, Look at this thing. It's called Metal, for God's sake. All the na- all the credits have names like Doombringer. What? Mm-hmm. Like it is exactly that. And I just, I think Greg. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna call it if you're gonna call it Metal, and that's what's gonna be, like I think that it should just. If you're gonna put something in there, let's mash it up with Metalocalypse. <laughs> I. That's much more fun. I I still think Greg Capullo's art is really good. I like it. Um, I don't despise it. I'm not a huge. I mean, I'm. I don't know. You know where I stand on Capullo. I do. Uh, I mean, I. I it's not. I'm. Ju- I'm just want to make that clear because I think the art. There's no problem with the art. The art looks nice, but this. I don't know. I. I think we are on record for saying we kind of like simple Batman, who's just a detective and like solves uh, problems in Gotham. Not. Oh, he's actually a. F- some mythological fable and he's destined and like this is exactly yeah. what this is this is like oh yeah bruce wayne is destined to battle with a dark multiverse and i don't like that idea bruce wagon is gonna fight the universe and i it's just it's like and looking at those dark multiverse villain you know the, characters that is that one is uh, uh evil batman armor doomsday that's what that one guy is 
I mean, that's what they all. That's what that. Yes, they all look like '90s characters, and I don't like if you, you lo- know. We need we need the the comic with uh, uh, Batman, Dark Batman armor, Doomsday fighting uh, Wolverine Hulk, and they're gonna call it the stupidest fucking thing that's ever happened. Issue one, we almost, or issue zero, excuse me. We almost read Wolverine Hulk, but I decided against it. Well, I mean, like I'd like what you've picked more than that. Can we just? I kind of wish we could talk about it, and I, I kind of want to read it now. I did not even I missed that it was out this week. Well, I mean, they've been it's like six, it's six issues of of crossover, and it's the last issue that was this week. Um, oh and, man, really? I yes. didn't know it'd been out that long. I am really not with it. I it's I it was I made a choice: either jump on board with issue one and do the whole thing, or just skip it and see if anything comes of it which is i chose I mean, the I, latter i got to no i got to i mean i do have to commend you because that's fucking dumb oh the 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 literal cover for metal is it's someone doing the fucking horns it literally is did you see it mm-hmm. it literally is that mm-hmm. that's They're what this throwing up the horn that's where this is this is re I know it's ca- it's trying to capture attitude and 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 tone of '90s comics and package it differently, but not. I don't. Th- it doesn't feel like it's like. I think I've mentioned this before, but Uncanny X Force, Remenders, and Uncanny X Force did a lot of that. It and I love that comic. It did a lot of look at all these '90s characters. Look at Archangel and Psylocke and Shadow. Like all these characters that. We're like, hey, look, we're so 90s. They make no sense, really, but whatever. But then he recontextualized them. He he made them mean something different than what they did when they first showed up and gave them more depth. Yeah. This is all Flash. They Th- did give them Voltron. That, I, it's, I, that, it, like, if you, theoretically, if you told me that idea, I was like, yeah, the Justice League make robots in a Voltron. I'd be like, mm-hmm. man, that's all right. I, I, you, I'll check it out. But it's just, it's just a moment. It's momentary, and I don't, I don't know. It just doesn't do anything for me. And I, it's, and maybe it's just the idea of this comic is just overwhelming everything else, where it feels, I, I, it wants to be when you when you invoke Dream of the Endless, you're telling me your comic is serious. Mm. That is what you're telling me. You're saying this is a serious comic book trying to tell real stories. And when you have a serious comic book trying to tell real stories, and then you also have Justice League Voltron, I go, that's a little, that's dissonant. I can't. You got to pick one. Well, he does show up to say that this nightmare mm-hmm. has yeah. only just begun. I, I, I'm a do not buy. Throw this book in the fucking garbage. <laughs> Devil do not buy a Dark Knight's Metal. That Number was one. the one do not buy and one throw it in the fucking garbage. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. Split decision. A Dark Knight's Metal, <laughs> number one. Where one is leave it in the comic book store, the other one is burn them all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up is Generations. Wolverine and all new Wolverine, number one. Written by Tom Taylor. Art, Ramon Rosanis. Colors, Nolan Woodard. Letters, Corey Pettit. I like I like this one. I I definitely was not expecting to like it as much as I did, and it had a lot of a, lo- a lot more heart than you would think it would. 
Yes. You know, it was it was fun, stupid action, and like I don't know, like the the gut punches were like really surprising, you know, and like him like fighting with her and like I don't know, it was it was interesting how she earns his respect and then like she's like oh dad i miss you and i i, I it was pretty remarkable this is and surprisingly well done considering it definitely starts with them fighting zombie ninjas this is the what i want out of these books like yeah. if if you're not gonna like that's it like if you're not gonna be like hey look at this crazy status quo change or something you're mm-hmm. not gonna be groundbreaking then yeah. give me something that you can't do in a, in a in the current comic book, like all new Wolverine. Sure, Old Man Logan's around. That's a different character, and you can't. She can't talk to the the real Logan right now. She it you know it's impossible. And instead of going like, oh well, I don't know what you know. She the legacy of Wolverine and his quote unquote children are very inter- is very interesting and it's a, frankly a reason I really am still disappointed they killed him off like just as his character was like like had a basically like a five year run of interesting thing after interesting thing happened to him where he becomes leader of the X-Men where he has to confront his past where he has to you know th- a lot of really compelling character changes to a character that hasn't seen them for a long time then they kill him I don't know. Maybe I'm just starved for mm. real, real ass Wolverine. But yep. I don't know. I think this is what I want out of like this is real heart, real character, real. I don't know. It, I I think that this, if you came to someone and said, "Write me a short story with Marvel comic characters in it," like you would go about it doing something like this. You know, it it. it 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 sets out to do everything within the bounds of this and it's not just like i don't know it's 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 not just set this up and get out it's not it's a very different approach to both that hulk book and and the phoenix book that felt like it was written to be an assignment this one felt like i really want to tell this little story and i'm going to make it significant and worth reading it, it it really does seem like they were coming from a much different place, even though like so much of it feels generic, you know, oh ninjas and th- this is happening, and it, it it's all a bunch of stuff we know, but they managed to within that framework really get at something surprisingly valuable. Yes, uh, it looks really nice. Yeah, it, it tells the story really well, and I think that using. I don't know, it is very much like when you think of old school Wolverine stories, what do you think of? You think of him fighting a million ninjas and then fighting Sabretooth. Like, I I have recently reread early Wolverine, and that is exactly what it is. It is him fighting a million ninjas and then fighting Sabretooth. And I think by making, using that kind of very standard reference point for old Wolverine, it allows their interactions to shine through. You know, it's not, you're not taking in a bunch of new information about old Wolverine. It is a very simple, like someone got kidnapped. Wolverine's going to save them, but now he has to confront, you know, confront his future. I'm a buy. It's a great, it's really good. 
I, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I, the first of these titles that I, that I'm, I recommend. And I think one that, like you said, doesn't feel like homework. No, it's true. I, um, uh, I think you're, you're right. I am, I'm definitely missing some, some Wolverine, my, my own self. So yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with this. Let's, let's, let's go for it. So double buy on Generations Wolverine at All New Wolverine number one. Next up is Spy Seal number one by Rich Tommaso. Do you want to touch on the Rich Tommaso uh, rant that he posted on Facebook that kind of went viral? I assume just in the comics community. Yeah, I are don't you think, aware of this? Yeah, I'm aware of it. I, I mean, I saw it, and uh, it's one of the. I, I mean, I kept. I mean, this has been. Image, I follow Image pretty much everywhere, and so they, I'm always pretty much aware whenever Image publishes something new, but, uh, I saw that even before I saw any, uh, press for this. And I think that it, you know, he, he went on, uh, a Facebook, I, I, you know, I don't, calling it a, a missive or a rant or whatever, it, oh, I don't mean it negatively. No, like it's, it, just whatever. I, he, he certainly, he wrote a bunch of paragraphs. Mm hmm. So it's hard to call it anything but a rant. I mean, I don't mean it in any sort of negative way, but just, you know, it's it, talking about the challenges of being any kind of cartoonist, which he's apparently been doing little stories like this. And, you know, he he thought he could earn a good living uh, doing a book at Image. And essentially, he's looking at going back to making pizzas because uh, the pre-sales for this were really slow. Well, I mean, I think it. That is, I mean, it, you made a point a couple weeks ago, I think, a few episodes mm-hmm. back about how impossible it is to make a living making comics and how yes. most people who work in comics have a day job. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, I think it, it reemphasizes that. And it re, I think it also emphasized to me how stupid the, again, how bad the, how comic books are sold, how backwards and dumb they are, how like that he, he has to, measure his success of a comic that hasn't even been out yet yeah like pre-orders were bad because it i mean it's a weird like it's a european style comic yes it's about an anthropomorphic seal guy it's a new property he's Mm -hmm. a relatively unknown cartoonist i mean image is trying to hype it up but like really rich has nothing in his corner other than the fact that he has been making little art comics like this his whole life. And this is a good comic. Mm-hmm. It is. But, like, I'm exactly his audience. You are, yes. I am 100% his audience. He made this for me. The fucking weird art guy that reads a shitload of uh, 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 European comics and is gonna gonna understand your Hergé references. It's not a thing that I would expect an average mm-hmm. person at the comic book store to want to see. Like, there's a lot of steps along the way where you do you like because of how backwards it is to theoretically buy a comic book the way you're supposed to. Yeah, the ideal way to buy a comic book is to pick up a previews magazine, flip through it, and then pre-order it with your comic book store and i don't yeah. the number of people who do that and who are going to do it for this exact comic was low and that doesn't surprise me i i am surprised by anyone who engages in this archaic system uh frankly his if he wrote if it came out 
and then a month after the first issue comes out and the sales are bad and there's no hype for it. And then he like that's how it would be in a normal way, a normal marketplace. Not mm-hmm. three weeks before the first issue drops. Oh, the pre pre orders are bad. So I'm very upset because I've worked very hard on this thing. And that is crazy. But it's he's not wrong. It's not this like to you want to make a living in comic books, write Dark Knight's metal. Yeah. Like that I, I it's like that and then and then with that cachet go write your weirder indie comic. Your career owned book, which is pretty much the template for how I think most comic creators are trying to make a living right now is you publish a thing, get signed by Marvel or DC, make your name bigger, and then go back to creator owned and then try and sell that to t- television or film. Yeah, I don't think that even like Motor Crush and stuff, the sales are not like amazing. It's just, um, it, it, the, was... the, I, the, the overhead is slower, so they can succeed mm-hmm. at a lower volume, but it's still not great. No, I mean, it's true. I mean, I'm trying to think. I think it was, uh, what's Corey's last name? Corey Lewis? I can't remember. Uh, Sun Bakery is uh, his current image book, if you're familiar with that. Does not ring a bell. No, he's uh, he's someone that I used to follow like a long time ago, back in the live journal days when I was like following like him and, and, and Brandon Graham on that. Um, it is Corey Lewis. You're right. Yeah. 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 Um, but he posted a, an article about the direct market sales from image and they were all startlingly low, you know, um, like head lopper, which I mean, Andrew McLean is effectively like a goddamn rock star, you know? Mm-hmm. And he was, I mean, like a third to a quarter of what, um, I mean, Image is really like Saga and, um, Saga and The Walking Dead were almost all the sales, you know, and yes. the, the, the other stuff, it wasn't anything necessarily to sneeze at, but it was, um, it, it shrinks tremendously. Mm-hmm. So we get like a really disproportionate view of what works in um, what works in comics, you know, like we think that Headlopper, oh, it's this great, this great rock star indie book, but these things they can't touch, Saga and The Walking Dead, like those things are just absolutely, and even them, I mean, you're talking about twenty thousand books, mm-hmm. you know, twenty, thirty, no forty one, in there. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, no one fucking reads. No one reads. They're not getting in front of enough people. I think it's, the it's dark. The well, I mean, single again. Where the the, the I, I don't think I would say in ten years. I don't know if single issues are gone, but if everyone is, I mean, if if Marvel and DC are smart because they lead the marketplace in a lot of ways, they will have moved to a trades first um, system. And I don't, you know, I think that you can look at, there are image books that I think are doing better than they, than they seem from their single issue sales because they sell mostly in trade because their target audience is not people who are buying comic books every week. They're people who buy trades. If they're, you know, they read, Hey, a new trade of this comic is out. I'll go buy it. I like it, but I'm not, I'm not going to be like running that hamster wheel of like putting in orders at a comic book store. I'm not picking, I'm not 
bagging and boarding my floppies and putting them in a comic book box somewhere. And I mean, I understand there's a reason I buy all my singles issued dish digitally, but I don't, it, those, I think like saga, every new trade of saga immediately enters the New York times top 10 mm -hmm. immediately. Same with walking dead. And I think same with like, like motor crash. I think their trades outpace their single issue sales. And I think they, grow with their trades presence more than they grow mm -hmm. with single issues but of it's, course it's a very it's super complicated and it the way we we don't even know how to measure success of comic books anymore because mm -hmm. there are many different metrics and some of which we are not privy to because we don't see digital sales comicsology does not release that information at least to us and it's there's a the split marketplace between you know, direct comic book stores sales versus digital sales versus trade sales, which those do come through bookstores and comic book stores. It's a complicated place. And I, I think, I don't know if it's ever going to shake itself out necessarily, but it's incredibly, I, it's incredibly hard to make money as an artist. Mm -hmm. Any kind is we're oh, yeah. incredibly crowded right now and it will be forever. I think. We might it's have probably only going to get more crowded. Yeah, I think there'll be more better systems maybe that are created to, I don't know, to surface uh, what you're looking for in particular, plus the best, quote unquote, um, cream rises to the crop to the top mm -hmm. cream eh, mm -hmm. words. But it, it, I understand his frustration. This is and this is a very good comic book. This is like like you said it is it is a European comic book but I, it is written well it is really sharp looking it is it's very dense and I gives you a lot of bang for your buck if you're buying a single issue but it is it has that it has that uh, that dense European storytelling and I like that yes I do too and especially for a story like this it is a you know it is a it is a spy story but it is also you know a little bit of a wink and a nod to the audience like there's a little bit of acknowledging the tropes that are present uh i'm I, i'm interested to see what happens i like you know i don't know the unlikely spy is actually honestly a hard sell to me because i've been i think i've never enjoyed an actual like accidental spy story but this is actually very clever and smart about it mm -hmm. but i'm I'm a buy on the i'm a buy on spy seal number one i think you should go buy this comic book i think it's very good i assume eric is also a buy it would, it would be weird if I was just like, yeah, this book that was like literally made for me. I don't like it. Not a fan. Uh, I mean, go... maybe if they if they put me on the cover, then I'd be like, yeah, you should. No, you should buy this damn book. Jesus Christ. Double buy Spy Seal number one. Uh, next up is Gumballs number three by Aaron Nations. This is the 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 uh, the wild card book of the week. I I liked it. I did too. It was weird. It, it was is, super it is, weird. It is super weird. It, it, um, this is exact, this is like the most indie of indie comics, and I can hardly, I can actually kind of hardly believe that it is in this. Like, this is like the kind of book that, like, my friend Josh Sullivan makes, you know, that it is incredibly personal, very biographical, um, you know, it's about him and his experiences and his observations. My friend, uh, um, uh, well, she goes by Jen Sandwich. That's what you would Google her as. Mm -hmm. Would do comics about this. None of them are are trans or anything. They're just comic artists. Um, this is 
super weird and neat, and I I like it. It is crudely drawn and naively done, but like that just sort of just lends itself to the outrageous honesty that this book has, mm-hmm. and I really love that. You know, this is the kind of thing that like you see little zine kids selling at heroes con or like your small local comic con or like whatever so it's it's so weird it's wacky i would i would really recommend it it's it's fun and it's weird yes i just i agree i don't know it's i think you encapsulated it very well i think i i think this format doesn't always work for me Mm-hmm. With like, here's a little, here's autobiographical thing. Here's a little fictional story. Here's like a just like a disconnected joke. Just like here's a a, a, a basically a comic strip. Mm-hmm. But it's charming. It's it's very very charming, and the honesty I think is a part of that. Yeah, I think it. You you have a you get a you feel a connection with the artist, and that's not always easy to do. And I think this book is is very weird and very strange. It feels I would say it is it is a lot like those like a zine or whatever you would pick up at a local con, but it feels very tight. It feels very uh, produced in a way that some like those wouldn't. And frankly, I feel I like that's appealing to me. Mm-hmm. I'm it it is it's very it's clean. I'm a buy. Yeah, me too. Double buy. Gumballs number three. Our last book of the week is Secret Weapons number three. There's a credits page in this comic book. There it is. Nah. Written by Herrick Heiserer, Arts Raul Allen, and Patricia Martin. Letters Patricia Martin. Uh, so we've read all the three, the first three issues of this. Where do you stand, Eric? You like this one? Is this still gotcha? Yeah, I like. I'll, I I I enjoy this book. I think that there is more good than bad. Um, and I think the characters are interesting enough, and I think these scenes that they're in are interesting enough. Th- th- this is a this is a good comic. It's it's consistently pretty well worth reading. Yeah, I'm. I don't I don't think there's any real surprises in it other than that. No, I I think no, it is. I think it is. Uh, after the first three issues, I think it is. I I I, I don't know. Apparently, from I don't know if there's. Uh, from reading his little essay at the back, it feels like this is only a four issue arc, and then who knows if there will be if he'll be doing if he will be writing more of this or someone else will be picking up. Who knows? It's it's not it seems vague, unclear about the direction afterwards. But I I think it has done a really good job of, of introducing these characters, and this is a I think we touched upon this in one of the other books, uh, another issues of this we read is that this is a valiant book technically. And I have had trouble connecting to any character in the Valiant universe, new or old. Mm-hmm. And in this case, I am firmly connected. I know all these characters now. I feel yeah. like he he goes at length to to say, yeah, I've because he's he writes for film, most probably most prominently writes for film, and he's and he talks about the differences between writing for film and writing for a comic book, and he uh, like reestablishes in that essay. He's like, I just I want to make sure. It's character first, mm-hmm. and I think that I think he most they mostly mostly succeed at that, and I think that this is a I don't know, interesting place, and I like these characters. I like Misfit 
groups of teams. And I think this book has done a good job of establishing it, the team without having that kind of boring formula of this character is in this issue and then the next character is in the next issue and then they, they meet up and then the next issue after that you get it like it, that formula doesn't hit me in the face. It doesn't feel that formulaic to me. It feels like there is a pressure because of the way he's introduced the villain. Um, I like how it looks. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm interested to see where the, what they do with this series. I'm curious if he will be continuing to write it or not. Uh, but I, I'm going to follow it. I, I, I am on board with it. Mm. I'm bye. That's wonderful. Let's do it. Let's do it. Double buy. Secret weapons. Number three. That's it for this week, Eric. Four good, really great comics, even. And then one not so good one. And then Dark Knight's Metal. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Why call it Dark Knight's Metal? Why just not call it Metal? Why not just throw it in the trash? <laughs> Why not just pick up Snot, Scott Snyder? Snot Snyder. Oh, burn! Yeah, I know. Take that, Scott just, Snyder. Why not just pick him up and choke slam him into a garbage can? I'm sure he's a fine guy. I'm I'm sure he is. I have I have been disappointed in almost everything I've read by the man. I'm sure most people that make content like this are fine. And maybe I'm the dumb one. <laughs> and this is this is really what comics is and we're just over here being a bunch of little little arty sissy boys. Precious babies. Yeah, it's gross. We can move on to our next segment. It is time for checking in. Checking in is the part of the show Eric and I talk about what we've been up to during the week. Stuff we've done or seen or whatever. What's going on, Eric? I saw you paint like a big squid or octopus. This is, it was an octopus, octopus squid. I, was, I, I couldn't get a leg count, so I didn't know. It's an octopus. Okay. They have the same number of legs, I think. No, eight and ten. Does it really have ten? Yeah, squid have ten. Okay. Well, I don't think that's their main difference. No, there are probably but... other biological things in there, but whatever. I'm simple man. Yeah. I, I, I divide everything by amount of legs. Sure. Chickens and humans, same. Same thing. Ex- they both exactly. They have two legs. That, that, that game you have on your phone for hatching uh, people. Mm-hmm. Eggs Fucking people. Well, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there's eggs in there, though. Eggs. That's true. Humans are not born out of eggs. Uh, ova. That's what they're. They're technically an egg. I mean, that's, li- that's, it's that, li- that is it's a li- word for them anyway. It's live birth. Mm-hmm. How was that big giant painting? I'd never painted anything that large. It was uh, unusual. So it was a good, uh, a good experience, at least as far as that went. So, yeah, absolutely. I used uh, spray paint cans and um, house paint to do it. It was a thing that I had never done before. So, yeah, it was a real funky adventure. What was that for? Uh, There was an event. It was the bizarre art here in, I think it was, it was, it was actually in Clearwater. Um, But, you know, sponsored by a, uh, a local bar and uh, the bizarre art group. Uh, her name is Jenny Pearl that runs it. Um, so yeah, it was it was um, it was definitely interesting. It was definitely fun. 
So um, I haven't made up my mind if I want to do more because it was like essentially five hours of just pure labor after schlepping an hour across the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. It's really six hours of completely unpaid labor. I mean, I did. I mean, I can live paint anywhere. Very you know? true. You can't. We had that I, technology. I, I, yeah. I mean, they did not stream it. I did. Mm hmm. You know, um, and the event was kind of sparsely populated and no one really seemed interested in me or my art. So I it's, um, I think their group is kind of in its infancy. They're, they are trying, uh, to, to, to build their own art community. And engage their community in in these things, and I, you know, I I I love them for that. I would like to support them, but it's going to be hard and really not worth my time. I mean, I effectively gave away six hours of my time and a bunch of material to work on something like that. But you know, I will say at least people in Tampa saw me paint it, and I think that from that perspective, it was probably worth doing. You know. Mm-hmm. It was a, a a big stunt, and I did what I think was a pretty nice painting. Yeah, it looks good. You know, it, overcoming a lot of challenges and working with a lot of media I have literally never used, except for brief moments. I've barely ever... I, I want to do more spray paint stuff. It's pretty great. I particularly like the idea of working back and forth with um, spray acrylic and uh, acrylic uh, acrylic paint on a wall so i think this is a thing that i would like to do more of so yeah absolutely that's been my big thing nothing else uh new rick and morty came out how did i know mm -hmm. because it comes out every sunday well how did i know that you were going to talk about it why wouldn't i i don't I'm, I'm not gonna talk about the episode any more than that okay it was it was a solid episode i liked it better than the last one which was a Weird meta commentary, not even meta, just like a thinly veiled criticism of superhero movies, I'd say mostly. I keep hearing but things it, about Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick was a good episode. I mean, I would definitely say it, it's, I would say the first three episodes were very, very good. Um, and it's hard for me to say which one is the biggest one, but the, um, the scene, the therapy scene is actually very strong. Rick and Morty's a good show. It's weird how violent this season is. You watched any Japanese wrestling? Unfortunately, no. Oh. I haven't either this week. I, I, t I watched SummerSlam. Uh, that was last night. And I watched TakeOver. That was on Saturday night. They were, the TakeOver was good. SummerSlam was six hours long. Probably could have been three and been a lot better. If you only had the good matches. <laughs> and not all the bad ones. Six, that's a long show. Six hours. It's asking a lot of people. I think it is. To sit still. Like, if you told me, hey, go see this movie. It's six hours long. I'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't care. I also played a video game, Eric. Let's hear it. It is called Hellblade. Senua's Sacrifice. That is a fucking awful name. It is a very... I 100% agree with you. It's the worst thing about the game. Is that name is very bad. <laughs> I it I mean I, you Horizon could, Zero Dawn's a pretty fucking shit name too. It, yes it is and I think it is suffering from the same 
thing is that they wanted a title that they could release sequels under as well. Hell, hence the second game will be called Hellblade colon something. Cause this game could easily be called Senua's Sacrifice, uh, or, or even Sacrifice, and it would have been fine. <laughs> or anything, really. Hell, there's very, I don't, they don't use the word Hellblade in the, in the game whatsoever. There's some swords in there. I don't, there's no Hellblades, so I don't know what that's about, but, uh, it's made by Ninja Theory. And Ninja Theory is known mostly for hack and slash games like Enslaved or, uh, the Devil May Cry reboot, DMC. I don't know if you've played either of those. I have not. Uh, it's like, you know, you, you have seen them. They're, you know, you are in, uh, you're following a linear path and then suddenly there's 50 enemies around you and you air juggle them and do 15, mm-hmm. like, hit combos in the air and all that kinds of stuff. And you get, and then you hit, you kill all the enemies and you move on to the next area and do that again and again and again. Uh, this game is not like that at all. There is, it like, does not look at, there is sword combat. Yeah, mm. but it is very pretty simple. You have a light and a heavy attack, and like a dodge and a deflect and a melee attack. Uh, but like even that amount of controls belies how simple it really is. Um, you play as Senua, and you are a you're you're a Celt, you're a Celtic warrior from God knows how long. It's in set in the it's you know it's. The, you don't get a time frame, but it's in the past, you know, the distant past, supposedly. Mm. And you are traveling to the underworld to reclaim the soul of your dead lover. And the thing this game does that I've never, never seen done before, and the thing that makes me recommend it above all else, is it portrays mental illness in a believable way without sacrificing dramatic storytelling. Like, fantastical storytelling, even, that you kind of need in a video game for the most... Like, a game like this, at least. Like, there's plenty of games that have mental illness in them that are, like, very low-level indie games, like Depression Quest and all that stuff. But they're not hack- They're not sword combat games. You're not traveling through hell or anything like that. They're generally grounded in very realistic settings. This setting is really fantastical and incredible. Um, and... You're playing a Senua, and as you're as you move through the game, you hear voices, and I they recommend you play with headphones, and I agree, you should definitely play with headphones. Uh, and y- the voices are around you as you go, and some of them are basically just you, both like intimidating you, threatening you, complimenting you, encouraging you, and they're they often quarrel amongst themselves. The voices, and as you everywhere you go throughout the entire game, the voices are there; they're never gone. Except for like a few moments, which it feel like a breath of air when you finally get a moment of silence to just sit for a second. But the voices are also like the voice of your father and the voice of your mother and the voice of a mentor figure that you you've you have met or the voice of your lover from the and you're interweaving these memories as you travel. You learn more about what her what. This, like, you learn about her past, why she is, what she, like, she doesn't even know why she's really doing what she's doing. Like, you don't, she doesn't know why she's going to get her lover, aside from that he's the only thing, the only good thing in her life. The only, like, calm and, and, and peaceful and compassionate figure that she's ever known, aside from her mentor figure as well. Um, they consulted mental health professionals when they were making this game. 
They had uh, pe- mm. people with mental illnesses play play test the game as they are making it, as they went along every step, and it shows because that is a it's a tricky thing I think to effectively portray without while make like making it big and dramatic because depression and, and psychosis are often very boring, like from the outside in. It's like in, theoretically in a video game setting, like what you do. Oh, you take you take you take control of a person who lays in bed all day. That's not like fun for a video game. But they portray it really dramatically, but also really hit to the core of the pain and anguish that mental illness can cause. And it is a very, it's very heartrending game. It is, it really effectively communicates the emotional core of her journey. Um, I think there's critics of the game because they, See a Ninja Theory game, they want those air juggles and combos and 50 sword hits in a row and whatever. And most of the combat in this game is like you enter a room and there's like these ghosts from the darkness appear. They're usually, they look like big Vikings or whatever. I don't know. I was so engaged with her story and what was she was facing that every series of combat felt really dramatic and felt really powerful to me. And when I was killing those guys, I felt really good about it. And there's a couple really powerful scenes where it's combat. She's like, and it, the music swells and it's, it's really incredible. Uh, the other like mechanical bit of the game is like basically environmental puzzle solving where you have to find runes that are hidden in the environment. You have to kind of effectively shift the environment, change the environment a little bit by, uh, traveling through these doorways where things subtly change after you walk through them and you have to, you know, walk through these things in a, the correct order so that doors appear in the right place and then traversing, you be able, make yourself able to traverse the landscape. Um, but that's kind of it. It's not like a mechanically heavy game. It is first and foremost about the story. And I think by adding in, if you add in air juggles and combos and all that stuff, it makes the game a different thing. And it doesn't ground the game in the same way. Like this game is dirty and dark and grim is about a person fighting mental illness. And I think it should be that way. It shouldn't like it treats it with a, a seriousness that it demands. Um, it's like, I think it took me seven hours to beat seven, eight hours in there. It's like hmm. a $30 game. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous. So it is crazy how beautiful this game looks. It is. There's a, a variety of environments that you travel through. And the sound design has to be great for it to work, and it is great for the, all the voices and the whispers. Uh, it, it, even in the dark, gross parts of the game, it is still beautiful. Um, I, I, it's not a perfect game, but it is incredibly unique. And more and more, I want unique experiences versus great experiences that I've done, I've played before. I would, it's really good, but it is dark and intense. I, I started playing it at night and then I like after an hour, I'm like, who okay. I'll, I, I'll be this during the day. <laughs> Cause I don't want to, I didn't want to go to bed <laughs> with it on my mind. Honestly, it's, it's, it, it's a, a grim game for the most part, but it's really also very beautiful at times. You should play it, Eric. You know, all those video games you play. Yeah. I love video games. I may never play another one ever. You play Super Hot. I see that. 
it it uh it's easy to jump in and out it is super hot is almost a, a a mobile game in its simplicity i mean it's apparently the super hot vr is even uh better than the uh regular game oh no doubt but they're there's they're they're bite-sized experiences mm-hmm. super hot's only three hours long i think in total and the vrs i think is even shorter too maybe Although you can play it over and over again, time trials and stuff like that. But of course. Of course. That's it for me. Video games. Mm-hmm. You ready to talk about some mutant teenagers? Uh, if they were turtles, I'd be more apt to do it. No, there's no, there's a frog. And there's like a, there's like little tadpole things in there at one point. Yeah. No turtles, though. No turtles. It's unfortunate. We can move on to our final segment. This time for Nerbo Book Club. Nerbo Book Club is the part show. Eric and I sign along our collective work and discuss it in depth like you would a book club. This week we are discussing Black Hole by Charles Burns. A weird-ass comic book about teenagers uh, fucking each other and getting weird mutations. Mm-hmm. Doing drugs in the 70s. Doing drugs. I I, I don't know if I dislike this book or not. Have you read it before? No. I've read it once before. A long time ago. Like, a decade ago, probably. Or more. Yeah, this seems like the kind of book you probably read longer ago. It's one of the ones that, you know, when you have a conversation with one of those guys who is, like, they're too indie to to read superhero books, you know, and they're like, oh, I read this book. It's just one of those, like, a striking cover that, you know, people will pick up. I don't think this is a great comic book. I don't know. I think it's weird that it won basically what what else is there other than a Harvey and Iser and an Ignatz? What other what other awards are there in comics? Um I'm sure there's others. I can't think of any, but I'm sure there's others that are not as big a deal, but those are the, those are big ones. I I I like I don't think it's a wretched book. I just think that it's kind of smarmy in this day and age in the same way that like maybe Klaus is is smarmy like this was like a whole era of like how can we make books like as not superhero as possible and like as weird as possible and also make this loud statement hey this is for adults so let's put sex and drugs in it. And also, I mean, it's like all the weird mutation stuff makes no sense that it's happening. It's not really well explained. It just is this guy's weird hang up on body horror. I don't know. Like, this is essentially exactly like uh, uh, Spiral. And I like Spiral and I don't like this. And I have no good reasoning behind that other than this era of comics kind of irks me. Well, I think, I don't know. Uh, you just said a lot. I'm gonna, yeah. Uh, I have, I have the words in me. Um, I mean, I don't, I mean, Burns and Klaus both come from a legacy of, you know, comics with an X. Yeah, of course. And I, you know, I think that, you know, and they're both older guys. Uh, Klaus is in his fifties and Burns is in his sixties at this point. And this came out, I think I probably read this when it came out in 2005. 
mm-hmm. when it was first collected. And he worked. He, yeah. I mean, he released this serial. He serialized this orig- initially. It was 12, yeah. 12 issues, and then it was published, collected in the big book that I think I've seen on a lot of people's bookshelves, which alludes to your, you know, smart people comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I like it. I think it's interesting. I think it certainly is interesting. I think it's it. I don't. I think I don't the, despise it. I would. I would say that here. Let's start with the bug thing. The mutations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a sexually transmitted disease where they never really say it. Like I don't think I would have gotten that had I not read the inside flap of the damn book. I don't think it's obvious based on the context. Well. I picked of the up, content in the book. I picked up on it. It's just, I mean... It, no, it, I mean, it, you pick up on it, but I don't think... I don't know that I would have pieced it together. Well, they have... I mean, it's the... that it, It's all, I think, it mostly hinges on that a very... Like, hell, it almost starts the book, basically. But uh, the that first... The, I, I, my biggest problem with it is that the two dudes... You have two, main, you have two male characters, basically, and they look very similar to each other. Yes, that, it is that's my challenging main, to tell them apart. That is my main problem, honestly. But you know, one of the the one with the 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 second mouth, the throat mm-hmm. mouth. You know, he that there that initial he has sex with uh with Chris, the girl, and she's you know that conversation about do you know and all that, and she's like, oh, I know, and that you know they eventually loop back to it, like after he apologizes to her and she gets that weird skin shedding thing. You know, her mutation is skin shedding and all that. But, and I think, I think the book is, I, I, I think I, there's a part of me that is more interested in a world where this, this thing, this, inf- this disease exists. Like, I'm really, like, I am really interested. Like, what, how does a world work where there is an STD that gives people weird mutations, some of which are, and you know, they talk about passing. Like, oh, you know, the all the people with the disease who have all these deformities, they talk about, oh, this girl, she's still trying to pass. You know, she hides it. She covers it up. I think that's an interesting discussion. I think the greater world of, like, how culturally, how would that world work? Like, you, you obviously, you see it a little bit in this story with, like, a schism between those who have it and those who do not. And I think, you know, the, the book is set in the 70s, uh, and it's, I, I think, you know, whenever you... Whenever you invoke STDs as part of your storyline, immediately you, I, I think of, you know, the AIDS epidemic, but I don't think there's not really a one to one, there's not a one to one here with that. It's clearly not going for that. I wish, like, I, I think it is going for, oh, their mutations are reflecting a part of their character. I think that's what it's going for. But I don't, I, I think what's missing, like my, aside from those two male characters looking very similar to each other, uh, like why I would call this really interesting and worth reading, but not necessarily a very good, a good comic is it, I don't ever get a real sense of most, like the character of these teenagers. Mm-hmm. Like I never get a good sense of what different, differentiates any of them. They all feel very floaty and aimless. And I think a part of that is just trying I, – I think he's trying to hit, you know, teenage ennui and teenage, you know, like, unanchored, you know, 
anxiety and you don't know what you're doing and what you're going on with your life. And it feels like high school is everything, even though it is really unimportant in the vast scale of things and about how we are, we make teenagers make decisions for their, about their life, but they're not equipped to like it. I think it like it tackles that feeling, but the characters themselves feel tangential to it. The story, like they feel like they are just ways to communicate that idea. Like that, like structurally, that is my biggest criticism. Like, wh- like what's different between any of them? Like one, the Eliza, she likes to make weird art. Like that's all I know. Like, and that's what I know about her. Chris likes that one boy. The other, the, a different boy likes her. Like that's that's all we're given for their character, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 you know it all gets sacrificed in service to you know it's plot driven. It is a plot driven book. Does that all make sense to you? Yeah, it is. It it does make sense. I mean, I think there is, there's, there are strong undercurrents of body horror. Mm. It feels very much like this, that, that Burns likes Cronenberg a lot. And like, cause I don't know, most of the early to mid Cronenberg films directly correlate these, you know, body mutations, body horror with sex. You know, they're always connected. They are, and sex is all, and often used to sell the, the weirdness of the, these mutations of the the of the weird body stuff going on it is very much like here take a thing that is like supposed to be about intimacy and 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 close touch with another person but then introduce these weird foreign alien things and body parts to the equation and it generally is very it's very effective at unsettling you it it's it's a something that should be you know intensely enjoyable but instead it becomes this Weird, weird, like, uh, like, I don't know, bombardment of strange. And, and like, I think he does that very well. I think it really, I, I like Cronenberg movies in general. I think some of them are best seen once or twice and then never again. And yeah, I, I don't want to read this book ever again. Never again? Never again. Would you read other Burns stuff? Maybe. Okay. Like I said I didn't hate it, but I have zero interest in looking at it again. What do you think about his style? He is uh, a very good illustrator. Uh, it's actually pretty unusual. Like I don't even know that I'd call it photorealism, except for you know some of the ones where he's obviously drawing from a photo. He definitely used a lot of photo reference. It's it is it's a strange style, and it makes me think of. I mean, it is it it makes me think of Crumb, but cleaner. It kind of has lines like, you know, Coop or someone like that. It, it's it's very much feels like it's of that era. But I mean, I I think the comparison is easy to make between Klaus and Paycar and people like that. Right. It's it's definitely it's right there. What do you 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 in that initial criticism? You initially talked. It seems smarmy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is on purpose? I don't think so. I just think that it's. I mean, like I said, it's like clouds. It's their. Um, it's just their worldview, you know. Like I, I, um, I'm on Facebook with uh, uh, Durf back Durf. Mm-hmm. 
Um, we never did. Um, my friend Dom or did we? No. It's a good, uh, a good, good, good book for book club. But he's kind of like this, even though his, I think his art style is a little more raw, and I really like that. But he's definitely one of these guys that's like, oh, I'm a serious cartoonist, and I'm so fucking smart. And it's like I, I, I think just like I'm really projecting a lot onto Charles Burns and and probably Klaus as well. But like telling these purposefully weird short stories about unlikable characters in like all these ugly things, you know, mm-hmm. it's a it's an odd product to make, you know, and it's it's weird that they get to be like these celebrated cartoonists when it's i mean this is like a this is like a a big wank you know there's like this is all this shit that i think is so super important you know i don't know it's just at the end of the day it isn't telling me anything about characters that are interesting or telling me anything interesting about people that it's just like here's a collection of some weird fucking shit that I thought up, and like I don't like when I read Ghost World, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel I didn't really come away with too much, and I don't really come away with too much with this. Like I can't really tell you what I was thinking or feeling as I was reading Ghost World at this point. I I, I don't even remember. We definitely did Ghost World for book club, right? We definitely did. I'm going to say, it'd be weird if I'm just remembering reading all this Ghost World shit and I didn't read it with you. Those two girls were kind of racist. That was my takeaway. Were they, were they, were they kind of racist? They were, I don't remember that. They were a little racist, and that's the, the takeaway. That's the, that's my takeaway with Ghost World, is that in the comic, they were a little racist, and that's basically, it was very blue. I remember that, mm. too. That was my takeaway from Ghost World. Yeah. I, I like I like this more than Ghost World. I'll say that. I think I, I, think I kind of do, too, but I still don't like this. I think Ghost World, I, I think, like... I think Ghost World is uh, again. I don't. I don't try and ascribe that Charles Burns and Daniel Klaus are trying to be comics for smart people, but I think they just come from a legacy of a kind of isolationist creative process. Like when you look at most modern comics, and especially the comics that you and I like a lot, they are a product of a lot of like Extremity, for example. Right. Fresh on our minds. You can clearly see influences from different, a lot of different places, West and East, manga, American superhero comics. There's an even Eastern, even European comics. You know, there's, there's Mobius in there. Mobius in everything, kind of. Um, but you can clearly see those influences and understand where it came from. And it's not necessarily, I think those influences help color it the color that comic and many comics like it as unashamed of comic books as a whole because you can see the influences of the artist you can clearly say oh well they came from this tradition and this tradition and this tradition they took little pieces of all these all these things and put them together into this artist i feel like clouds and burns and and those smart people comics graphic novelists they feel detached from any certain kind of popular comic legacy. And I, I mean, I think you can, a lot of the people who make comics for the next feel that way because it is just a singular straight line. 
You know, they very rarely feel like they have other influences. They very rarely feel like they've read superhero comics or they've read manga or they've read European comics. They may, they might have read some European comics. I think that's the lone. Mm-hmm. But it feels like a very much a, like a straight line through the present. I think that is where that feeling comes from of like, oh, this is a smart person comic. You know, and I, I don't, that's, I don't think that's wrong. Like you, the person who buys the, most people who own this book probably call it a graphic novel. Yes. They don't call it a comic book, but yes, exactly. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm not going to judge the comic necessarily on who likes it, but it is certainly, it's not necessarily only, Hey, I don't like their fans. So I don't like the comic. You can clearly see it in the comic. I think in largely because of the legacy and an influence on the comic book itself. Because I like all kinds of comics. I think there's something to take away from every single genre, every single bit, even even fucking Jodorowsky comic books. I think there's something good in there that you can – it's mostly Mobius, honestly. But uh, all of those places have interesting things that I think help make comic books better if you've read them. You have to be well-read to make good good art. Like, if you want to write well, read a lot. You want to make a lot of comic, make good comic books, read a lot of comic books. I feel like, I don't think Charles Burns is writing, like, when he's drawing this comic over a decade. By the, This comic took a decade to make. Jesus. it. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's going like, oh, I only want people who call comic books graphic novels to enjoy this. But I don't know, I, I don't know what his, people, like, I don't know if he's read other any superhero comics aside from Watchmen, which is the the one superhero comic that you're allowed to read if you call things graphic novels. You're allowed to read Watchmen. I don't know. I I I I don't. I I think it has become clear to me in the just the time we've done this podcast how important character is in everything and in how important character is in the stories I enjoy. In kind of the root of everything. And in a comic that is, I don't, I don't, character is not the, I don't know if character is important necessarily to, in this comic. Like, I don't think it is really trying to give you, like, look at this really interesting teenager. I think it's really just like, like, look at, th- it's like trying to sell us teenage years in high school as an experience. You know, it is about like, hey, in high school, you, your body goes through a lot of changes. And everything is confusing and you want to have sex all the time. And there you, you, you hate your parents. You don't understand you because you don't understand yourself and et cetera, et cetera. And I think this book effectively communicates all those ideas probably as good as anything. Like, that's why I really like the body horror thing is because like I, my body as a teenager was horrific, but it, and it, I didn't have a second mouth or like little, tadpoles coming out of your ribs a little tadpole guys hanging off i didn't have any of that but i was still like oh i hate my body even though i was in the best shape of my life uh i felt that way and then like you read this comic that's what it communicates to me is like look high school is a confusing time and it's really bad and everything is confusing and everything sucks and what better way to communicate your body going through all these changes than a real effective m- mutations that make people outcast from society, which I don't know. I, I don't think any character in this is interesting. I think everything in this that is interesting is in the the theme and in the mood. 
mm-hmm. and I like his art a lot. I, I, it is very, very well crafted. Yeah, I, I like the structure. Even you know there is clear like I yeah this is not this is a different thing than like uh, than uh, Wrenchies. This is not a shapeless story. That was exa- that was kind of what I was going to say. No, this this has clear structure and and um, forethought. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's just it's constructed. I I don't know. I I don't take away. Hey, like I don't even think like. There's what Keith and Rob. There we go. I remember their names. And Chris, Chris and Eliza, I can easily differentiate between the two. Mm-hmm. Keith and Rob might be well, might as well be the same dude. I don't understand why one of them is like a handsome, cool guy, and the other one's a nerd. They they're like the same to me. Um, I mean, which hey, maybe that's a point. Like hey, where all these social divides are completely artificial, which is also a thing about high school. Um, it is. Again, most of the characters are unlikable, which also doesn't help. I, they're not, you know, like you can, you can, teenager characters can be charming and fun, but there is really no humor in this book. It is, it's not really a horror comic, so to speak, even though there is horror in it. It is a horror-esque book. Yeah. It is, in the, it is more in the genre of horror than it is anything else. Yeah, it's like in the periphery of it. Like, hell, some of this stuff looks like Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. It looks like EC Comics in some places with the mutations. Mm-hmm. Very much so, absolutely. I don't know. It, it, I, I, I just, I, I think that both of us are just, I, I don't know. There's a very rare story nowadays that I would call great that doesn't have character first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Where the root of the very first thing you write down is these characters. What do they want? And I, this book is more about there's the, there's kids in high school and there's a bug that makes them get mm-hmm. weird, like the lion from Wizard of Oz faces. Is that, that's that one, that one kid looks like, uh, the cowardly lion from the Wizard say, of Oz. That's not, I was going to say he looks like a beast. Yeah, there you go. A little bit. His weird cat face. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 there's a murder mystery in the middle of it, and I think that effect, like that, derails what the book is actually about. I didn't really look at it as a murder mystery as much as it was just a, um, it was just an event to sort of propel things and push people away, you know, push it towards, I don't know, whatever. The end of this this goofy ass story. Which apparently is just sort of about them, like just saying "fuck it" and going away entirely from uh, civilization. It's so I don't know. That's so weird to me. That, that that's what everyone's uh, response is in this. Let's go live in the woods. Let's let's go look off of a, a hilltop somewhere. It's effing weird, man. It's such a strange, strange book. It reminds me of. It feels like Days of Confused Cross with Cronenberg. That's what it feels like to me. Hmm. Like if I could nail it, like if trying to nail it down, feels like Cronenbergian Days of Confused. But I can actually like think of individual characters from Days of Confused that had like real character. And like this is, these are character shapes more than anything. Yeah. It's just like, hey, it's the popular girl. Hey, it's the nerdy guy. And I don't 
there's very little there's little that grounds them in anything beyond that and that and then if they, they just experience things in these little vignettes but what do i know burns won one two three four five six seven harvey awards for best anchor over the course of this book that's pretty insane i mean not that it's it's certainly not bad inking it's just really weird they would keep giving it to him, doing it for 10 years. It was the late 90s, early 2000s. I guess so. I mean, it is immaculate craftsmanship. Like the first person I think of is Drew Friedman. Have you, are you familiar with Drew Friedman? I know I've cited Drew Friedman before. Yeah, you've, you've thrown that name around, and then I've forgotten it again. But He's a weird dude, and it's like... The closest thing I can think to this, you know, mm-hmm. Drew Friedman is it's 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 weird stuff. He he almost is this kind of body horror illustrator, except with um with real faces, you know. He'll like caricature someone and make them just look disgusting, you know. He loves drawing ugly people, but he'll like draw the shit out of warts on people. He's he's a pretty icky dude. Very good artist, no doubt. They both were published in Raw Magazine. Yeah, no, yeah, of course. I, I bet they're bros. There's a lot of similarity, I'd say. Do you think that this should be read? Think it should be part of a some sort of canon anywhere? Oh goodness, I don't know. I I don't want to say that people shouldn't read it. I just. At at least for me, I've I I don't think it's I don't think it's a great work of art personally. I don't think it says or does enough. It is a really beautiful uh, a really beautiful comic book with really ugly subject matter. I, I I don't know. I find it kind of repellent. Yeah, and I think without any kind of redemptive characters in it, or you know, I I think it does something it's just the something i just it's not something that i it's not enjoyable to read Mm -hmm. for sure yeah absolutely and i think on an academic level i appreciate it but it's not i I agree it's not a great comic book i think it's good in a certain sense but Mm -hmm. it's not It's, it's about it's about as fun as doing your taxes it it's I don't know I would say it's like from hell but I think from hell is actually is a great comic book and it just it is grotesque yeah but this is grotesque and like I could think- I would I would put it in the same genre as from hell in that it's just like about shitty humanity art. maybe shitty humanity but I was just gonna say that it's just male comic creator wankery because from hell as much as i love alan moore is fucking wankery you know it's it's i i feel like from hell is going for something very grand and maybe not doesn't quite get there but it is trying something crazy this is i feel like just kind of just like hey teenagers and high school is bad and i feel like that's true i just wish it was a little bit more firm about saying the thing it's trying to say instead of just kind of wandering away from that idea because like one of the characters dies one of the four main characters basically mm-hmm. 
even I would say three main characters. Eliza is barely the main character, really. Um, he dies, and then Chris just wanders, floats off in the ocean, and then the other two are some road trip to nowhere. And it it doesn't. There's no. It doesn't feel like it has a period at the end, and it doesn't. Like you can have vague endings to things, and it still says something. But I, I think to really communicate the message, it has to have a period, and it just doesn't do it. it. Doesn't quite get there. I think it's on the unlikable comic book scale. It's somewhere between From Hell and Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. It's like in that in that spectrum. It's like in the middle of those. We'll rank it at the end of the episode. We will not rank it. I'm going to keep making that joke, Robbie. Okay, that's fine. One day we're going to rank something. I mean, we can have a we we can have a ranking segment if you want, but I don't really want one. Okay, it's more trouble than it's worth. In the end of the really day. should have started earlier than 193 episodes in. Hey, man! In the grand scale of things, when we're at episode 672, you know we've been doing it for 400 episodes. Mm-hmm. Whatever. What does it matter? What does it matter? What does it matter? Uh, you have anything else you want to add? No. All right, folks, that was Black Hole by Charles Burns. Next week, we'll be doing the aforementioned My Friend Dahmer by Durf Backdurf. Durf Backdurf. It's quite a name. Do we have a reason for that name? Uh, his last name is actually Backdurf. And he just went. So everyone called him, everyone called him Durf when he was uh, a young man. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. I was expecting less sense than that. Yep. Surprisingly not uh, that he didn't he didn't earn it fighting in the, you know, the crystal mines and on Pluto. <laughs> That'll be next week. Read along with us. Uh, they'll do it for us this week. We are the Handsome Boys Comics Hour. You can find us at HandsomeBoysComicsHour.com. Find links to everything there to our Facebook. Facebook.com slash HandsomeBoysComicsHour. Twitter at HBC Hour. You can email us at HandsomeBoysComics at gmail.com. You can like us, follow us, all those good things. You can also give us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Google Play Music or anywhere you find us, any podcast app. Give us a five-star review. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Each and every one of those things help us find new listeners, and we definitely appreciate it for your trouble. You can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. Eric, where can they find you and your things online? You can see my portfolio by going to freewillunlimited.com, and you can see the majority of the things I get up to online by going to ericzgoodnight.com, and that includes my Twitter and my Instagram, where I'm known on each as Easy Goodnight. With that, we will call it a day. Rock and roll.